I'm drinking a beer. Ah, no, why didn't you tell me? I would have gotten a beer. What do you mean, what do I tell you? I thought we would agree that this is how we're going to keep go back to doing things, the good old ways. Okay, hold on, I'm going to run upstairs and get a beer. Keep talking. Okay. And another thing I told your man, I was like, listen... pretty sure he's over the limit as well. How many points have you given that donkey? Uh, what are you talking about? Oh, nothing. Nothing important. Okay. Uh, I didn't have any beer myself, but my good friend Marcus left behind a brew dog Elvis Juice IPA. So Sweet. This, this podcast is brought to you by Marcus. Actually, Marcus has a, a newsletter. I'm going to link down the show notes as an actual like proper sponsorship. He paid me with beer and now I'm getting him back by pr- plugging his thing. What's his newsletter about? It's called FOMO and it's just... Um, Okay, what is it again? It's like a review thing of yeah. cool, cool London shit. He's, he's, he's a really cool kid and he just reviews cool shit happening in London. Yeah, and but does, general does music and movies and stuff. Does he do it in like an ironic kind of Swedish way? Oh, he's Swedish as well. Um, I don't know what an ironic Swedish th- way would be, but he does it. And it's very good. People, he calls the people who uh, read it phobes. Mm. So that's the kind of level of clever wordplay you won't get here, but you'll definitely get over <laughs> there. So... <laughs> I'll include a link in the description. So, <clears throat> here's to you, Marcus. <sighs> Did you put that in your nose? <laughs> <laughs> Did it sound weird? Yeah. <laughs> I still have a cold, so I might be extra nasally. Well, don't drink it through your nose, then. Don't, you, look, I don't tell you how to treat your colds, and you don't tell me. It's true. Mm. Is this good enough for a cold opener to eat that in? <laughs> no, this is fine. You're off the hook. Yay! <laughs> You survived. Yeah, it's 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 looking good. I like what you've done with the place. I Sorry, was... he kind of took me aback with that welcome to 2018. I don't know if that's how I should react. It. <laughs> no, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, that worked. Um, <laughs> how was your Christmas and uh, New Year? Uh, Christmas and New Year was good. I spent New Year with you. I spent a good chunk of the Christmas break with you, actually. It's true. We did spend that. We did get a lot of physical time together. We did. It was great. We got into um, We got very intimate. We got very drunk. And I spent one of the worst mornings of my life hungover on your couch. I, uh, uh, watch, watching kids movies you, my, my studio room is also my spare bedroom that you stayed in and just mm-hmm. as I was getting things ready I just noticed that the two ibuprofen that I gingerly left for you as you were wailing in pain hadn't been consumed yeah yeah Steve came into the room um, seeing if, we, if I wanted to record because we were planning on recording a special thing maybe we'll talk more about that later um, but I was way 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 too hungover and ill to record so he being the absolute gentleman and angel that he is went downstairs and got me a big glass of water and some ibuprofen and you left it on my bedside table very gingerly. And I looked at them. I probably looked at them, Steve, I'm not lying when I say this for about 20 minutes, working <laughs> up the the um, intestinal constitution to try and consume anything at that point. And you know what? I just couldn't do it. Oh, well, fair effects to you for getting back on your feet without the aid of chemicals. Actually, it was a, it was a pretty fond memory. Just uh, not the hangover part, but just watching kids movies with you. Yeah, that was fun. It was really nice. You know what? I, I, I've talked to many people about this. Kung Fu Panda 3 is an amazing movie, but no one believes me when I tell them. It, it totally is. The Kung Fu Panda series is much maligned, but very good. <laughs> it's so good. It was so, so good. Yeah. And I came back and I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to people. And they're like, oh, have you seen three billboards outside Missouri, Ebbing, Missouri? <laughs> and I'm no. Have you seen 
KP3. <laughs> You've had to acronize it. You talk about it so much. And they, and they say no. So we've both got good movies to watch then, I guess. This is exactly the kind of knowledgeable intellectual insight you can expect as you listen to us talk about what's going to happen this year. Yeah. So what is, go- what is going to happen this year, Steve? I forgot to check if there's going to be a kung- another Kung Fu Panda sequel. <laughs> KP4, that's all I care about this year. <laughs> there better be. Yeah, but this episode, why are we, why are we talking about this episode? Um, okay, so we mentioned a couple of times before that folks um, have been responding to our survey and we are eternally grateful to all of you who have and everyone mm-hmm. who thought about it. And please continue to think about it and follow through because it's still available. Um, yeah, I will put a link in the show notes below. Yes, again. probably from now until we forget. Um, yes. So people have been saying that they uh, missed the news section that we dropped. Um, I don't think we dropped it that long ago. No, like two or three episodes, episodes ago, Max. <laughs> yeah, but people say they it was like it. the one good thing we did. And they were like, nah, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, we know we know better than the people, but the people have spoken and we didn't know better and they'd like it. So I thought that we should dedicate this episode entirely to talking about the news that has been happening and what might happen next year this year the news that has yet to happen the news that has yet to happen but also with the caveat that everyone needs to know that all predictions are utterly useless these days mm-hmm. except steve's um yeah okay no no you're right you're right like a lot of this is just going to be speculation hopefully speculation. not wild speculation but definitely definitely still speculation yes just like we're expecting to see kung fu panda 4 without even checking if it's in production it's gonna be so good i can't wait to see where they take the franchise <laughs> so what's the what's the first thing you want to talk about okay i thought we'd do this by geography rather than Ooh, time because um that seems odd does it no, I have no idea. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't give it any degree of thought and I just did and it makes sense. Uh, well, other other magazines and uh, shows that may have more manpower, woman power, person power to actually organise things properly as opposed to just um, scratching your head and reading the news articles for a couple of days beforehand may be able to put mm-hmm. it better. For example, if you do want to get a proper insight, maybe you should buy The Economist uh, World in 2018 magazine. Ooh. They put out really cool magazines every year, usually around end of November, so they do miss what happens in December. Mm-hmm. But they generally get, give you a good kind of overview of what to expect, and what to look out for. I mean, it, it, it's a magazine that you, most young people are like, "Ew, the Economist." It sounds like a bunch of yeah. boring old crap, but it's actually yeah. pretty cool. It is pretty good, and it's like, cool in what way? Um, it's it's pretty level minded. I mean. To say that it's nonpartisan isn't true because anyone who believes in taking down the system as it stands obviously won't be happy with the magazine that's enjoyed by the people who run the financial markets as much as everyone else. Right. But at the same time, they're not exactly pro any particular party in the UK or the US. They try to stay in the middle as much as they can and give you proper insight into crap that's going on in parts of the world that you may not have necessarily thought about looking up, which is cool. Mm-hmm. That's commendable. That's, that's Steve's first shout. I'm going to try my best to... Uh, oh, yeah, people also asked for more recommendations for further reading and shout-outs, so I will try my best. Yeah, um, so I, what we'll do is we'll probably try to get a little bit more robust in the show notes. Um, if you don't check out the show notes, or you didn't even know show notes was a thing with podcasts, because I didn't know that for a long time, just just click around in your podcatcher, whatever podcatcher you use, and there will be some sort of note section, and we include links to a lot of stuff there. Um, we can add a section, I guess, for maybe your references, like the stuff you read. Um I was thinking, if I have the time, and I should, that I will try and put up a corresponding 
like little article on the website that people can go to and have like r- stuff that wasn't mentioned in the show that I may have read about but didn't have time to mention and even stuff that better. I do directly yeah, mention. Even better. And now that you've mentioned on the show it's it's a solemn and binding contract. I look 100%. forward to reading your articles or pretending like I read your articles. <laughs> We're also going to tweet an awful lot as well guys um, through the week after we release the show. So if you... Mm, about either, stuff relating to the episode we just recorded. And also pictures of Ted. And <laughs> Yes, actually, that was, that he came up a lot of the survey results anyway, as well. Uh, okay, let's start with geography. Let's go with the UK. Guess what the topic of the year is going to be in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Oh, I know. It's a contentious one. Uh-huh. Great British Bake Off, the new hosts. <gasps> there's, Hot or not. Is there new new hosts? No, there's no Fielding and, and, and um, the, the QI lady. Weren't they, like, added ages ago? Yeah, I know, but, sh- you know... I don't know. That's like I'm trying to shut up. I'm trying to be current. It's the most current British thing I could pull. Well, the Great British Bake Off was certainly full of currents. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> okay, Brexit. I assume is what you meant to say. <laughs> yes, Brexit, or what I'm you were sorry. hoping I would say. Yeah. No, I knew you wouldn't, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting you to come up with crap like that. <laughs> so, Brexit. What about Brexit? It? First of all, most important caveat. We've already mentioned stuff about predictions, but anyone that tells you that they know what is going to happen with the politics of Brexit this year are absolutely 100% lying. Mm-hmm. Nobody could have guessed how insanely tumultuous last year was for UK politics when it came to Brexit. Brexit is going to remain the big topic for this year, next year, the year after, <laughs> the, the, the year after that. I don't know why you're crying. I'm doing what I live here. Well, for now, until you get deported. <laughs> yep. Shit back in the crate of bananas. Jesus. I don't know why it's crazy bananas. Uh, well, banana the the banana capital of the world is actually Dublin because the uh, Fives Corporation is based here, and they recently, a couple of years ago, had a merger with a big Brazilian company, I think, and became what? the largest banana conglomerate in the world. I don't know. I have no idea if that's true or not. It's true. It's no, true. it's not really. Yeah, it is true. Banana. The, the Dublin is the banana cop- capital of the world. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, sorry, guys. This is what the episode's going to be about now. Fuck 2018. I want to learn about what I'm banana corporations. <laughs> uh, one day we'll get back to the corporations. Cool. So that's a, that's one thing to say. Um, I'm not actually going to predict what's going to happen with Brexit because I don't know anything can mm-hmm. happen. It is nuts. Mm-hmm. It just it it continues to be dramatic, insane. Basically, because the people of the United Kingdom voted for something that they didn't. No one really told them what was going to happen. If they if they voted to leave, right? Everyone gave like you had different people with different visions of what they wanted to happen, but of course, not not no one of those visions was going to be implemented because it was up in the air. It was basically just they wanted to get out, but what form of getting out is that going to take? So that's that's what's going to be hashed over in the negotiations and the politics of Westminster, mm-hmm. pretty much until we're all dead. I think. What's like the, the next? What's the next hurdle? What's the next, the most immediate challenge that has to be addressed? Or is, so, it, or is it far sloppier than that? Is it hard to No, no, there are, there are a couple of solid things that have to happen in 2018. So do you remember in December last year, we had the joint EU-UK report yes. on sufficient progress that they had to make where Ireland got pulled in as like those three things. There was the Irish border, there was the status of EU migrants currently living in the UK, uh-huh. and there was the money that they owed the EU. Yeah. So the EU and the UK had to come together and basically put out a press statement to say, this is where we are, and a report, like mm-hmm. a big white paper. Mm-hmm. They actually have to turn that into something legal that is binding between the two state, the two organisations. Right. And that needs to be done by April, I believe, this That's year. soon enough. Pretty soon. So... There were a lot of promises made, but some of them were a little bit vague and that's going to have to be hammered out. And that right. no doubt will cause more contention and arguments, especially around Northern Irish border, which was the mm-hmm. thing that nearly took it down last time. 
Mm-hmm. At the end of January, the formal negotiations are going to begin on a transition period. So okay. they've kind of agreed, both the EU and the UK, that whenever full Brexit does happen and they leave the EU, they can't exactly just close down the shutters over the channel and just finish all dealings between each other. They understand right. that they're going to have some kind of like a, a cooling off period mm-hmm. as they kind of transition between full member, non-member and this is going to be the in-betweeny bit. So, and do we have do we have an idea of how long that would take? Well, the EU wants it to continue until December 2020, and then everything has to be sorted by then. So, right. Brexit has to happen by March 2019 because that was two years after when they triggered Article 50. That's in the that's in the legal document of the Lisbon Treaty. Sure. Um, and that is, it depends. In, in the UK, if you are pro Brexit, you're going to see that as bad because. They're worried that any kind of transition deal is just going to be basically with the UK having to agree to all the EU's demands without having any say in them, which mm-hmm. they wouldn't be happy with because they're basically not getting any good things out of it. And then sure. anti-Brexit people aren't happy with it because they don't see just another extension of two years as being anywhere near long enough. Right. They want to kind so of stretch it out. Who is happy in this situation? Nobody. That's the Brexit problem. Hooray. In fact, that's, kind of po- that's politics in general, to be honest. Yeah, we've established that. Yeah, we've established Uh, that. Negotiations on what the actual future relationship is between the EU and the UK isn't actually going to start until April. Okay. And that's the most important one. That's the one that's going to take the longest. That's the one that's going to have whatever the treaty between the United Kingdom and the EU is going to be. This is where the bones of it are actually going to be hashed out. That is going to take years. That is going to be done pretty much mostly in silence. This is where you're arguing over who has the right to decide what size a socket should be for electrical plugs going into it and that kind of thing. Okay. This that, is so where you have to, that's like, they have to get down to minute detail and yeah. define absolutely everything. Yeah. And right. that, that isn't going to kick in until April. That's going to mostly be between civil servants rather than politicians. But at any stage, if the, if the, if the larger macro scale political discussions break down, then it could all just end. And those guys are going to have to throw in their towel and it's just a hard Brexit immediately. Christ. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully the UK manages to keep its politics together. Um, Theresa May is looking like she might actually continue to limp on as Prime Minister. Really? She was severely damaged in 2017. She called the election that my prediction was is that she would walk the floor over Jeremy Corbyn because mm. I was an idiot and I just read the polls like everyone else and said, obviously, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but that was not what happened at all. Although she won, she won badly. She had to go into coalition. She lost seats compared to what she had before. She had to mm-hmm. go into coalition with the bad people of Northern Ireland that nobody really likes, the DUP. And it has caused her a lot of trouble because now she's basically beholden to a tiny party who have particular interests in the Brexit thing, as well as the general governance of the UK that she has to play nice to. Um, mm-hmm. How's she, that relationship going, by the way? Um, not very well. They weren't happy with... They, they considered that she tried to pull a stunt during the uh, the the EU-UK agreement on the on, on the progress and she thought that she had hoped that she could just reveal it signed and that they would have to agree with what was in it but it was leaked beforehand and that's why you had basically had a sudden stop and it was re, it was rejigged yeah so it's yeah it's not very good um not only that but the dup still haven't signed a deal of of governance um with Sinn Féin to actually go back and run their own little province so um so Northern be- Ireland still doesn't have a functioning government not at all it basically, it's still being governed from the UK essentially wow it's not great. No. Theresa May recently lost one of her most important allies, one of the last ones that she had, a dude called Damien Green. He was first Secretary of State, essentially her number two. He was 
sacked because he was basically a big number two uh, in 2008. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. It, it was believed Sorry, he, give me a chance to get over that bird. Political bird. <laughs> From Stephen Byrne. <laughs> there's, some, there's a t-shirt in there somewhere. Sorry, go on. <laughs> one day, one day. Um he was found to have porn on his Westminster PC from back in 2008. What? He denied the allegations. Hey, Steve, 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 Steve. Yeah. Steve. What kind of porn are we talking? I don't want to speculate. It's really gross. Basically, <laughs> it's if you can imagine, like, it's his workplace, regardless of the fact that he's a, he's a, he's a politician. So strictly porn that's strictly profesh. <sighs> I don't want to talk about the type of porn he had on his computer, Richie. He's a gross, gross man. It's disgusting. What's his name? I'm going to look up a picture of him. Damien Green. I'm not talking about his physical appearance. I'm just saying that the fact, the things that he did were gross. Yeah. Okay. He was also accused of inappropriate advances towards a, a, a Tory activist and um, journalist in 2015. So those right. two things were enough to to have him kicked out of government. And that yeah. leaves Theresa May pretty stuck because she she doesn't really have any friends left. She's pretty much just a sheep among wolves in her own cabinet. Which is oh, pretty, man. it's pretty hard to govern like that. So, yeah. but the problem is nobody wants to take over because she's going to be the fall, the fall girl for all of the crap that's going to happen with Brexit over the next couple of years. And I'm pretty so sure you, she's going to stay. So no one wants to take over even Corbyn after well, the, his successes? Corbyn does want to take over, but he doesn't have any power to call an election. Right. And not only that, but it's unlikely that if a Tory, if one of the Tory ministers was to try and ouster, that they would actually try and call an election themselves because they'd be prime minister for a couple of years without right. an election. So they probably just try and keep that up. But none yeah. of the none of the none of her present rivals want to be the ones to start the fight to get her out and to actually replace her. Number one, because they're not sure how that's going to go. Right. And if they would actually get it, or they would just end up embarrassed again, like Boris Johnson happened to Boris Johnson last time. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it's handy to have her take all the crap and then you can just come in as the shining knight and take mm-hmm. over. Right. Okay. After everything's so over. Classic scapegoat situation. Exactly. So her her politics at the moment is being described as weak and stable, which is pretty, it's a pretty good phase. That seems like an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. It, it's, it's, that's the situation that she's in. That's what it is. Yeah. Oxymor- she's making it work. Oxymoronical governance. <laughs> <laughs> that's another t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's the UK. Um, Brexit, again, forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Ireland will quickly do our little island. Um, oh, how's she, how she doing since I left? Uh, it's pretty much the same, you know. There's a, there was a big storm that came in and battered us. I saw uh, that. I, I was flying out in the middle of that storm. My oh, flight where was an hour and a half delayed, yeah. Oh, God. Um, did you see Galway was basically underwater? I didn't see that, no. Mm. Is it okay? Uh, it's wet. <laughs> oh. it's, a bit, it's a bit soggy. Right. But they'll get over it. Um yeah. And oh yeah, shit, today, as in, well not today, um, Thursday the, no, Wednesday the 3rd, there was a murder in the small town of Dundalk along the border that may be linked to terrorism, as in like oh, Islamic sh- terrorism. Oh really? It's too early to officially say because basically a young man, 18 years old from Egypt, who came into the country v- via Belfast with no papers and crossed the border, basically stabbed this poor Japanese guy while walking around the streets of Dundalk at 9.30 yesterday morning, um, yesterday being the 3rd of January. Whoa. And he is presently under arrest. A couple of other people got injured as he went on this spree. And they're trying to investigate whether or not he did it for like political terroristic reasons or if he was just a nut job. Either way, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, of course. That's horrific. And it's not nice to happen. And no. ironically, that gets tied into what Ireland's biggest problem in 2018 is going to be. Can you guess What's what it that? is? Hmm... I'm tempted to say to bake off again, but I know better than to do that. What I think it? there is an Irish bake off coming. 
Ah, no, is there? It's going to be a cheap ripoff. Ah, that's, that's, Ireland, that's, all, Ar- that's Irish television. Yeah, I know. It never works out. Have you ever watched the Irish Voice? It's fucking terrible. No, but it, they've got a comedian on it now, I think. On The Voice? Yeah. Like, why is there a comedian? Because they ran out of all the Irish fucking singers. They had uh, the guy from The Blizzards, the, your one from The Saturdays. and, and You don't even know anybody's Life. name. I don't know any of their names. <laughs> but that's it. They've used them up, them all up. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's not going to be the Irish, the Great Irish Bake Off. It's going to be Brexit. Oh, okay, again, back, back again. at it again. Yep, okay, of course, because we are a small country, and our next door neighbor decided to go nuts a couple of years ago, and that's going to affect our politics for just as long as it's going to affect theirs until this entire mess gets sorted. Sure. And one of the big things is still going to be about the border because we're very mm-hmm. afraid about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And what happened yesterday in Dundalk with that terrible tragedy? Well, not tragedy because it wasn't a random event, but that terrible event. That terrible crime. The people are starting to say, how was it so easy for someone to cross the border? Just like that. Right. So, yeah, that brings the border back into fray. It was only gone for a couple of weeks and it's back again. Mm. Uh, yeah, so Irish go- Irish politicians are probably still not going to talk about Brexit, but most of the actual focus of governance is going to be pointed towards it and um, trying to build as much as we can to manage around it. Not only that, but also we're going to try our best to attract all the jobs that are going to run away from London as Brexit mm-hmm. continues to unfold. Um, after the madness that we talked about um, with the Irish government nearly falling last year over the Garda whistleblower scandal that continues to go on, um, there is a good chance of an election this year in Ireland. Yeah. And even though I told you I wouldn't make like predictions. Like a full general election? Full general election. Yep. I'm going to make the prediction that it is going to be a nickety 2% chance of election this year. Wait, what's nickety 2%? You know, it's the it's it's right after Dibbity Bob and Fibbity Boo. Okay. So, diddly squit. No, no, that that means that means no chance. Oh, Jesus, Richie, don't you what? know your predictions? <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Anyway, there's a good chance of an election this year. Oh, it's a good chance. A good chance, strong chance. Nickety, t- what did you say? I don't remember. <laughs> Gibberish. I just made up words. I don't want to put a number to it. Oh, okay. Because that's uh, the kind of thing that we shouldn't be doing in polit- political predictions. So there's a good chance of a general There's a good chance because it's pretty precarious at the moment. At any time, the opposition, who are also basically the silent coalition partners in the government, could pull the rug. And that's not an easy way to govern if you're newly newly elected Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. Not only but that, that, but in that metaphor, you pull the rug out from under them, but you're also standing on the rug. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard manoeuvre. <laughs> exactly. Which is why we're not actually, it's not a guarantee that there will be an election because yeah. everyone's going to fall down on the floor. And <laughs> nobody, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows who's going to, who's going to, who's going to be, who's going to work out good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a good chance of one. It just, mm-hmm. it, it feels like they're sick of the current arrangement and the politicians will want to have something else. Right. I, 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 I don't want one. It's going to be so annoying. What, just, in, just in terms of general um, <sighs> election complaints about yeah. every, like the way it's like every, in, uh, with every general election. Yeah, but I'm also just really tired of elections and yeah. votes. And yeah. oh God, democracy is great. You're very all. tired of democracy is what you're so, saying. Like, I mean, obviously it's the best system apart from all the others, but... Mm-hmm. Actually, oh shit, that's not the right way to say that. <laughs> that's another one for a t-shirt. What did you mean to say, Stephen? Uh, I can't remember the exact Churchill quote. Can you can you throw me a bone here and remember it yourself? Um, or yeah, let me do up. it off the top of my head. No Google involved. Uh, Your thinking sounds an awful I'm lot like tap-tap of a keyboard. Shush. 
goodreads.com slash quotes. Oh my God. Uh, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. Yes, that. I meant to say that. So that's mm. that. But oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm tired of elections. As, yeah. as that very famous bulldog who sells the insurance says. Oh, yes. Uh, there will be, actually, no, there may not definitely be a presidential election. So our lovely little president, uh, Wait, Michael sorry, Higgins, there may, what, so, Will there or will there not be a presidential election? There should be, because okay. the term of the presidency is going to end this year. It's been seven years since uh, Michael D was elected in the autumn seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So there should be another election. But it has happened before that if everyone is kind of happy with the current president like they were with um, the last president, Mary McAleese, yeah, all the parties get together and basically block anyone putting another person forward. And so really? the president just gets re-elected by default. Like, that doesn't sound very democratic. It's not. Yeah. So why? Because people, Just because it's easier? Pretty much. Like, the president of Ireland, constitutionally, is supposed to be a non-political office. So there's not yeah. really much power in getting the presidency. Michael D has, has tried his best to like influence politics a little bit from the edges, but he hasn't actually come out and said, I believe this or that, and then you should change your politics for this or that since he got elected president. Right. And people are pretty happy with the kind of job he's done. Like, obviously, everyone has detractors. Some people are going to be like, I hate the little bastard. Aww. But at the same time, most people are like, ah, yeah, he's grand. He's, he's fine. He's so. Chances and chances are it's a nice job. He wouldn't mind another seven years living in Arsenic Drum with his two giants, his two giant on, dogs. He is getting on, but I mean, it's not exactly the most stressful Taxing. of jobs. Yeah. If he's able to continue doing it, then that's it. Like, I mean, you shouldn't judge someone just on their age. Like, there's 98 year olds running around doing things that you or me couldn't oh, do. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not judging him at all. I'm just thinking of how goddamn tired I would be at that age. Yeah, I know. But like, as a way to go out. The presidency is pretty good if you're if you're a poet politician for your, your entire life. That's very true. But the chances are people are going to point out that it's not very democratic and another candidate will probably be put forward probably near the last minute and then the election will happen. That's my mm-hmm. prediction. Again, mm-hmm. a, a, a stibbly bob chance of that happening. I see. I see. Um, and there will probably be a couple of referendums in Ireland. Um, hopefully one to remove the Eighth Amendment from the Constitution of Ireland. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, not a guarantee, of course, because nothing's been put into law for that to happen. So mm-hmm. we'll wait and see. Um, mm-hmm. If that does happen, we will certainly give it much closer coverage. Oh, for sure. And in the meantime, check out our episode. With Tara Flynn, who yes. did a fantastic job explaining the issue yes. and how it affects Ireland and the women of Ireland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to be clear, um, anyone that didn't listen to that episode, the Eighth Amendment um, basically protects the life of the unborn over the wishes of the mother. So abortion is essentially illegal in Ireland. Correct. Yes. And a lot of people would like to see that removed. Mm-hmm. Germany. Germany. Germany had an election last year and they still don't have a government. What? Germany had an election last year, but they still don't have a government. Oh, I heard you. I just don't understand. Okay. <laughs> Germany had an election last year. That could be the subtitle to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's another t-shirt. We've got so many t-shirt ideas. Just cranking out the t-shirts. Okay, so Germany had their election and the voters pretty much said they didn't want the same government to come back, which was a grand coalition between Merkel's Christian Democrats and the Social Democratic Party. I can't remember exactly. Basically, the center-left party and the center-right party. They, right. the gov- uh, they had a grand coalition, supersized but the voters said by punishing both parties by making the blue seats that they didn't want that same thing to come back. After the election, the centre-left said, OK, we got the message. We don't want to go back into coalition. So Merkel was like, OK, I'm going to go have going to have to go off and try and make a, a, like a gra- another coalition with a bunch of smaller parties. Mm-hmm. But those talks fell apart. And so okay. she's kind of stuck. They didn't want to call another election, which is kind of the only option if no one wants to make a government. 
Yeah. And the centre-left party said, okay, we will come back into government if you give us X, Y, and Z. Okay. A lot of compromises. A lot of compromises. These are the talks that are going on now, and Germany kind of needs to get its act together, either deciding to have a government of another another grand coalition or have another election. Okay. Hopefully it's not another election, because God, I'm so tired. Elections. <laughs> you would you'd have to take part in that one though. Although know, we would have to talk about it on the show. So I would I have to talk about it, I'd have to read about it, I'd have to know about it because Germany is a huge and super important country in Europe. It is indeed. And, and you'd have to listen to David Healian talk about it. Speaking of which, David Healian wrote a great article on our website. You guys should go check it out. Yeah. David Healian, our man on the ground in Berlin. <laughs> uh the rest of Europe, France are still waiting to see what their uh the little emperor of France, Macron. <laughs> Because of his pretty authoritarian ways, if he will continue to blaze a trail and make changes, or if he will flop, mm-hmm. and what do you think? I have no idea. Mm. I'm, I'm glad not you're really not committing to anything in this, are you? No, not at all. Um, making changes to countries of any scale are difficult. He wants to make large changes to the labour market and employment law and things like that. France has got pretty strong unions that don't like seeing changes to those kind of things right? because they want to protect their already established interests. So Mm -hmm. it takes an awful lot of political capital to go in and make those changes. And he has quite a lot, but whether or not it's enough to actually carry it over the line is yet to be seen. Right. Okay. Spain, the Catalonia question is still nuts. We talked about that in the review episode last time. Um, They had an election in Catalonia to try and reelect a regional parliament after it got dissolved by the Madrid government. Mm-hmm. And they basically voted back an even stronger independence parliament. Wow. Which screws up the plans of Spain yeah. and throws the yeah. entire thing back in flow. So yeah. it's yet that's yet to be decided. They haven't come back to actually um, elect a new a regional government for Catalonia, but pretty much expect to see every couple of months a big flare up between the independence people in Catalonia and the Spanish can, government. Can we keep a really close eye on this? Because this just feels like, a, in terms of my own education, this feels like a really good case study. It's essentially the creation of a, of a country. Yeah, which I th- I feel like it'd be good for me to follow and at least have a vague understanding. Yeah, we of. have been promising that we would do an independent episode soon because it is one of my favourite topics. I love seeing new countries come. And as yeah. an Irishman, uh, independence from larger countries is always something that I affiliate with. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just instinctively. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, non-violent is obviously mm-hmm. better. Of course. Uh, of any kind. So Scotland, Spain, other places around the world, we should have a good look at that. We should. Italy are going to have an election. Nice. I have no idea what issues are going to be or how it's going to go. So, but good luck to them. Move. (laughs) (laughs) And the grander scale, the EU as a whole. Yeah. Guess what's going to be the EU's biggest problem this year? Uh, Brexit. That's right. The Great British Bake Off. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Brexit. Um, they, They don't want to admit it because... They're, they, they're tired of having to talk about Brexit just like everybody else. And oh. they do have a federation of 28 other countries to run, but they still get pulled back because one of the largest countries is pulling out and that needs to be addressed. Right. Um, one of the big hinders at the moment is that Germany doesn't really have a strong voice because they don't have a government. Like Merkel is still the, the chancellor, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have a mandate to make any proper decisions on behalf of Germany. So they're kind of like st- sitting in stasis. And while Germany sits in stasis, Essentially, the EU has to sit in stasis too because Germany is one of the most important voices there. Sure. Um, but saying that, just before Christmas, when 
they were having those pre-agreement negotiations and they came together with that little deal with the UK. Um, The EU was actually pretty proud of how united it managed to stay. You didn't really have any dissenting voices out of all these different disparate governments saying, Mm -hmm. oh, well, we're Macedonia. Oh, sorry, Macedonia's not part of it. (laughs) We're Malta (laughs) and we we don't agree with this. So gear up the yard. Um, That didn't happen. So they were pretty proud of that. Why would Malta use an Irish colloquialism? (laughs) I don't know. Um, But in saying that, that was a pretty easy one because basically everyone was agreed that they wanted to get the UK to pay as much money as possible because it meant that they wouldn't have to pay more right. money into the EU yeah. budget. So that was easy to agree with. Yeah. That is not going to be as easy when you're talking about designing a very complicated trade deal. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, Canada and the EU were supposed to have a trade deal, but it got stopped by a regional parliament in Belgium. I heard about that. I remember this. Yeah. Um, and Canada flipped Why? the lid and said, that's a load of bleeding crap. You guys can't even get it together because they just disagree with what was going on. They did. It was like a, the parliament was was governed by anti-globalists who didn't like the idea ah. of these big open free trades. Oh, okay. That is a big issue. It will continue to be this year. Um, maybe we should talk about that in an episode. What am free trade? Are you taking these down? Because I sure am not. <laughs> So as as this big trade deal starts to get more and more hashed out, you're go- you are going to see countries saying, "I want this," and then another country will go, "No, shut up! I want this," which is different to yours. And you will there will be a couple of more open spats between the countries mm-hmm. um, because it's not as easy to negotiate these kind of more tricky things. Right. One thing that's going on in the EU as well is that Poland or Hungary are kind of the bad boys at the table at the moment. Um, they've been getting pretty authoritarian in their governments, um, pretty anti-globalist in the immigration sense, um, cultural sense. Um, They've been kind of following the Breitbart mentality that outsiders are bad, Mm. which is difficult when you are part of a union of loads of different peoples and countries that have free movement as part of one of the core tenets. A bunch of outsiders all working together. Exactly. Uh, Hungary in particular has got a, a, a a prime minister called Oberyn who has been... He's been pretty infamous for the last couple of years and the things he's tried to do. He um, has got propaganda campaigns against Muslims, the EU. And uh, have you heard of the super rich dude, George Soros? No. He is like a big financial trader who gets involved in politics for quite a while. He is based himself. He's from Hungary, but I think he's been based in the States or London for quite a long time. He, every now and again, gets involved in the politics of his home country. He also happens to be Jewish. And Oberyn uses the fact that he's Jewish to bring up big conspiracy theories about him getting involved. Right. Is Sorry, this bad. is the Prime Minister, you said? This is the Prime Minister, yeah. This is, and are these, is, is this propaganda like running on um, like national broadcasts and stuff? Like well, to, what, to what level of exposure are we ch- talking here? I mean, if the Prime Minister of a country says something, it's going to be on the national news. Yeah, true. Yeah, so... I just, I mean, I just I feel it's so weird to have on such a, a large scale. Yeah, and similar things are happening in Poland. They recently changed the laws there for the government to have more direct control over the judiciary, which is not a good thing. The, no. As we talked about in the Supreme Court episode, the judiciary should be free from interference from politics because the rule of law shouldn't change depending on who's in government. That's one of the whole things about this democracy thing. That's how it works as well as it does. Of course. Um, they also are trying to clamp down on the free press, which, again, is another pretty important thing for democracy. Yep. So Poland and Hungary are getting. Are we part of the free press, Steve? Uh, you Jesus, and I. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, I'm tell that. my mommy. She's going to be very proud. <laughs> Go on, fight the revolution, son. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother didn't say anything like that, just to put it out there. Because, <laughs> Mammy Nolan, I know you listen, but I just wanted to make a joke. Sorry. <laughs> you just did an impression of my mommy on the podcast. 
yeah. that she listens to every yeah. night. But I immediately apologised, so it's fine. Yeah, it's true. She, she loves you. She's a big fan of you. I'm a fan of her too. She's a lovely lady. Uh, let's, um, let's, draw, like, let's stop there now before this gets uncomfortable. I meant like, you know, in the nice the lady sense. Go, go, go on, what, are you ta- what politics show are you talking about now? Go on. <laughs> These two governments have gotten so um, so considered like as pariahs in Europe that in Ireland, Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach, is actually heading over to Hungary pretty soon and he's going to have a meeting with the Prime Minister and that he's being, he's being criticised for it by the opposition. So the idea that... Uh, a, the idea of even him just going over to meet is, is yeah, bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. And like, if you think about it, so this is the leader of an EU nation and an we're just going to visit him. That's supposed to be totally cool. But now yeah. things have changed so much over there that even visiting a, a member of an EU nation, like even though he's part of the EU, he is still so bad that it's considered like a negative thing that yeah. can, that the Taoiseach can be legitimately criticised for. Wow. Pretty nuts. God, that, that's fucking indicative right there. It's worth having a look at, guys, if you want to. I will try my best to tweet out more links and articles, uh, more links to articles and informationally bits about these things. So keep an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia at what at what and politics at what and politics at Twitter. Um, Russia are going to have elections next year. Putin is going to go for his fourth and presumably final term unless he changes the rules again. Sorry, how, how long is the term again? Um, I believe it's five years, but it five years could be four. Okay, around that, around that. So he did two terms, then he took it. He took a term off to be prime minister, changed the constitution, and ran again. And this is now his second to go. Okay, um, he just barred. His only legitimate opponent, um, Alexei Navalny, who isn't allowed to stand. So he basically has no legitimate opposition. It's going to be a cake. Does he still even go to campaign? Like at that event? Like- he, he is going to campaign, but in the sense that it, it's just going to be him going around the country that he essentially owns. <laughs> right. So he'd, he'd just be doing the normal stuff. Like, I mean, he appears on the news every single day. He, like his his government has pretty much direct control over quite a lot of the media in Russia. So right. he's essentially constantly campaigning. Right. So that's not going to change. The big no. question is going to be who is going to take over and hope will that transition be easy or difficult, which is always right. dangerous things when um, authoritarian leaders step down. Yeah, that's a bit so, pretty sizable vacuum. Yes. Um, pretty it's, big it's shoes six, to fill for a small man. Yeah. Six years is the term. Six way. years. Wow, you yeah. were very fast I, at the Googling in this episode. No, I just remembered. I forgot that I knew that. And so I just like, just took a second to. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, I just know so many things. Sometimes it takes a while to remember the things I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Iran. Iran. Iran is another authoritarian government, mm-hmm. um, probably more so even than Russia. Uh, right. They There have been protests erupting around different uh, cities in Iran. It's a pretty big place. Um Notably, the the protests have not been happening in the capital, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, so people seem to be pretty pissed off with economic hardship for like ordinary lower middle class people. Um, the economic sanctions that the world put on Iran over its nuclear program, which did get lifted a couple of years ago when they signed the deal to restrict their nuclear weapons ca- uh, development, mm-hmm. um, hasn't really, the economy hasn't bounced back enough to help these people. So it's still pretty difficult to get um, money for, together for like decent food and um, just general general living things that people would like to see. Um, mm-hmm. Not only that, but there are an awful lot of young people in Iran. And if you're a young person, it is very difficult to find a job. So combine these things together and you get a pretty unhappy populace that every now yeah. and again will spark up. So there were big protests in 2009, back around the start of the Arab Spring, that were clamped down upon really heavily. Um, but they did involve what was they did involve big protests going on in Tehran, the capital. This time, there is not so much going on in Tehran. 
And the New York Times actually had a really good article going around asking people why they weren't out protesting, which is kind of ironic to say, like, you know, you, you would expect the main story to be going on where the protests are happening. But I thought it was a pretty good twist to actually go, hang on, why aren't the protests happening in Tehran where, you know, yeah. you would expect well, them to be? Why aren't he, they? Uh, well, a couple of people said on like on the record as well, they said, OK, we, we don't disagree with um, the people who are protesting. You should have the right to protest against the government every now and again. But they don't want to join something that the enemies of Iran, like Trump and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the uh, prime minister of Israel, are just going to exploit mm. it for their own purposes. And lo and behold, ah, both of them have. You're just like putting fuel on the fire, the wrong yeah, fire. exactly. Not only that, but they're... Uh, some people were saying that the protests look too disorganised mm. and they are probably afraid of the, the kind of clampdown that happened after the 2009 one. Um, of course. A lot of people's lives were pretty disrupted either by being jailed indefinitely. A couple of people were executed. And if and the Iranians are not afraid of sending in uh, riot police to break down protests. Right. Which has happened. And I believe quite a few people have been injured and a few people have been killed as it stands. Oh, God. Uh, so I wouldn't expect to see a big wave wash over Iran of revolution and change. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they start, the government there don't just, you know, stomp on the protesters. Hopefully, they actually take into consideration some of the gripes that they're trying to bring forward. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, it goes relatively peacefully for as much as it can in a place where it's not very easy to protest against your government. Oh, God. Yeah. So, uh, oh, not only that, but the US also has to recertify the nuclear deal in question that we talked about, the one that had mm-hmm. the, the sanctions on. And uh, mm-hmm. Trump refused to do it, but bumped it back to Congress to, he said, okay, I'm not going to sign it, but you guys have to come up with a solution that I like. And, and he, they, can, like he can do that? Yeah. Uh, like through the intricacies of how the, the foreign policy in the US works, it's kind of split sometimes between the president and Senate, basically. Right. He can just defer it if he wants. Not even defer it, but because he refused to just continue it, it's built It's built into the legislation that there was a certain amount of time that they could come back with an alternative to bring forward. Ah. So that, that's going to that's gonna run up in two weeks. That happened a couple of months ago, like even back in September, where he said, I'm not going to sign it. And uh, they were supposed to come up with a solution, but they got distracted by other stuff. And now two weeks are left and they're like, oh, crap, we got to either put something forward for him to sign or the deal may just go bust, at right. least from the American perspective, which wouldn't yeah. be good. No. Uh, speaking of the Middle East, uh, Israel and Palestine. So Trump did something pretty annoying where he decided. Oh, no. really? <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Yeah. He decided that he was going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and yeah start to move the US embassy towards there. It's going to take quite a few years for that to actually happen. So as it stands, all countries except for, actually, I don't think any other country, even the mad ones, have their embassies anywhere but Tel Aviv, which they recognize as the capital of Israel. Whereas the Israelis tend to do most of their governance in Jerusalem. But the problem is that Jerusalem is a divided city. The Palestinians also claim it to be their capital. So in hopes of like a peace deal coming, they would like to not, they, they don't want to settle the question like that. But Trump just went, don't care, moving there. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's so weird to see him act without nuance. <laughs> He's not really so reserved. So, 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 find it hard to so process cerebral all this. Thoughtful. Yeah. It's just so weird. Is he okay? Someone should check up on him. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he'd be okay. Let's oh. keep an eye on that. Hey, babes. I hope you're good. Hugs. Hey, hey. you okay, hun? Hey, hun. You okay? Let's move on. I'm, I just weirded myself out. 
Uh, yeah, let's move on to Korea. Korea. Which one? Both. Both? Oh. North and South. So, New Year's Day this year, um, President Kim of the People's Republic of North, the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea, <laughs> stood up and said, I have a button that I can press to launch nuclear weapons. It's, tot- it's totes legit. Be afraid. He just said this like a public address. Yeah, it was like a big public address. I actually got to hear his voice and it, w- it wasn't what I sounded like. I expected him to go, nah, 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 nah. but it was actually pretty deep. Oh, really? Yeah, it was relatively deep. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> He's got something going for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mostly just see him pointing at things on that on that blog that we talked about. <laughs> You're obsessed with that Tumblr blog. It's so blog. good. It is so good. I'll relink it in the show notes, but remind us what it is. Kim Kim pointing at things. Kim Jong Un pointing at things. That's all it is. And it's just like Kim Jong pointing at a rocket and he's just there like pointing at a rocket. And there's always like like a cohort of dudes like smiling behind him looking at the thing that he's pointing at. <laughs> uh. So yeah. He decided not to point, he decided to talk and he gave a speech. So while he also threatened to he also said that he could threaten the United States with nuclear weapons anywhere in the United States, which is a lie. But potentially the West Coast. Yeah. He also said that he was willing to open talks with South Korea. Oh. Which is a bit of a strange thing. So it looks yeah. like he is actually trying to divide his allies. And he's hoping... So South Korea had a president last year, re- recently elected, who decided that he wanted to open the door to potential talks with North Korea and not just have aggressive um, shows of force. He would also have potential dialogue. Right. Which, you know, some people may say may be a clever move. Some people may say it's a terrible move. Mm-hmm. He left the door open and it looks like Kim is actually saying, yeah, okay. So there is a hotline between the two countries of phone where the two presidents can pick them up and talk to each other. Just like a, like a red flashing bat phone yeah. in each of their offices. Pretty much. Um, wow. Or maybe it's like between the guys who are designated to sit at the, at the thing and answer. And I think the only thing they've had so far was anything to report. No. <laughs> but the phone is back open. <laughs> what you thinking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that's going to happen pretty soon is that the Winter Olympics are going to be happening in South Korea. Mm. And something that South Koreans are very afraid of is that while attention is on the Korean Peninsula, like at the opening ceremony or one of the bobsleighs when the Jamaicans are trying to go for gold again, mm-hmm. that you could have an, a missile flying overhead with another test. <laughs> oh my God. Could you think they could play it off as like, ah, oh, it's part of the show. Ha ha ha. I don't mean like literally flying over thing, but I mean, if North Korea decides to do another one of the missile tests, that is immediately going to take attention away from the nice frivolities of the Olympics and bring it back to North Korea. And yeah. steal steal the thunder of South Korea, which is just mean. <laughs> it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just not nice. It's just, just mean. It's just if mean. it's nothing else, it's mean. So South Korea are hoping that they can give enough concessions in in like maybe a couple bit of investment, maybe allowing North Korean workers to cross the border, make some money, mm. um, something like that. That North Korea will agree to send some participants to the to the Olympics. And also not pull off one of these stunts that will involve... Right, um, because they'll be invested in this... Exactly. In this, in this pageantry. So, and um, while that's happening, America are freaking out saying no concessions until they agree to give up their nukes. Right. Which isn't going to happen. So South Korea is caught between these two. Not even caught. They're basically turning their back on America and saying, we're not, we're not listening to you, crazy big, big fella behind us. We're going to go talk to this, this person. Okay. That's what's happening. Hmm. Um, the Daily, which is a pretty amazing podcast by the New York Times and Michael Barbaro. Um, I don't I don't think I've talked about it on the show before, but no, it's one of the, it is the thing that I like. Um, I, I tend to 
allow podcasts. I got so many subscriptions. I tend to allow podcasts to like backlog and I, I listen to them in big bursts, even like current affairs crap. Mm-hmm. But the daily is something that I listen to every single day. It's mm-hmm. between 15 and 20 minutes long. Michael Barbaro is a fantastic interviewer and reporter and the production quality is just fantastic. And they do a great job about talking about things that are going on, not just in America, but the rest of the world. And they recently had a really good episode on what's going on with North Korea, where they basically t- said everything I just said, but a lot better. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I doubt it. I I'm gonna, doubt it. I'm going to put that into the recommendations to listen to as well, that particular episode. Excellent. China. China. We, we recently did the China episode. Uh, so president, as we mentioned, President Xi is in control. He's mm-hmm. happily uh, consolidating his power. Mm-hmm. He will continue to do that. He will continue to change and shape China according to his vision. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he is going to continue to try and change and shape the world to his vision. Ooh. China are doing a thing. The world, that that's where we live. That's where we live. Yeah, the world. China mm-hmm. are doing a thing that we didn't talk about before that we should have called the Belt and Road Project. So they are pumping a big pile of cash into countries, mostly around Central Asia between like China and Pakistan, because they want to build a big pipeline to bring oil into China via that way. Mm-hmm. But also places in Africa, places in South America, they're basically like looking at in the world, seeing who needs cash and giving it to them in exchange for favorable trade deals or investments for Chinese businesses, these kind of things. China isn't the same as the United States. They are authoritarian. We, we, we know that. We know that. We know that. But we know that. in their worldview, they are authoritarian right? rather than democratic. Right. They don't see democracy and freedom for individuals as ne- as being necessary for a happy country like we have been believing in the West for quite a long time. Right. And after America came out as the victors of World War II and then the Co- and the Cold War, we've been gotten pretty used to the idea that that's how the world should be going and that's mm-hmm. how things are going to happen. China has managed to rise without doing that. They 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 took their own path and they have their own style of doing things and they're like we don't necessarily have to listen to the American way. And not only that, we have all this money and we're willing to give it to countries that don't necessarily think that you should go that way either. Right. Or at least want to change some opinions. So it looks like China is actually getting out there and putting its worldview forward as much as America did during the post-World War II era up until now, pretty much. So as as America retracts, China is expanding in the world. Hmm. And to give you an example of just how much cash it's putting behind it, because, you know, just like in real world between individuals, between countries, cash is king. Mm-hmm. Um, they are giving three times as much money in this Belt and Road project to different countries as America did in the post-World War II Marshall Plan when they gave a heap of money to Europe to help rebuild. Is is that adjusted with inflation? Yep. That isn't just wow. It's a big pile of money. It's okay, a so lot, it's a lot of money. It's being spread over a much bigger area. And even when you adjust things for inflation, it is more difficult to make these kind of straight comparisons. But still, mm-hmm. you got to recognize. Still, regardless of what way you look at it, that's still a lot of money. It's a big heap of cash. And it's happening yeah. while America is p- pulling back. So there's a vacuum and it looks like China is being more and more willing to fill it. The mm. question, not for 2018 necessarily, but for the 21st century is can these countries manage to expand and retract without blowing each other and everyone else up? I hope so. I certainly hope That's so. That's my too. take on it. That's my hot take. I hope so. So let's hope that that is, let, let's hope World War Three doesn't break out in 2018. 
Yeah. Very quickly, let's mention South America because and Brazil in particular, because mm-hmm. as I mentioned before, I am married to a lady from Brazil and we have quite a few Brazilian <laughs> listeners. Um, I just want to shout out that those guys are having an election in the autumn, um, our autumn, their spring, mm-hmm. and it is going to be contentious as fuck. Why is that? Um, we mentioned before that they had a democratically elected president who was forced out by the parliaments on accusations of corruption which is yeah. pretty spurious at best. Her party mm-hmm. certainly was corrupt, but Gilma, who was kicked out, wasn't necessarily... She wasn't corrupt herself, actually. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty dodgy. And they replaced her with the vice president, who is so corrupt he can't stand. He, he, oh, wow. He can't stand for the presidency. So there will yeah. be a re-election. Um, there's a chance that Lula, who was the dude who governed Brazil during the noughties, um if from the same party as Jim and may stand to come back, but he is actually being charged with corruption himself. So if that goes through, he will not be able to do it. So it's just looking all over the place. They have the equivalent of Donald Trump coming up as well. I can't remember the, the arsehole's name. It is going to be fraught. People disagree with each other a lot on politics in Brazil. It is really, really partisan there at the moment. Mm-hmm. It is not an easy, easy political situation. So, are we, we doing an episode on Brazil? We have to do an episode on Brazil. Um, I was going to do just one for the sooner. sake of your marriage. <laughs> yeah, not just the sake of my marriage, but it is also a pretty interesting country. It is a large yeah. country with volatile politics and it is worth of speaking about. And I'm also married to someone from Brazil who keeps on asking, when am I going to do the episode? Yeah. Rightly so. And rightly so. We should do it and we mm. should probably tie it in with the election. So expect that sometime around the end of the summer, start of the autumn. I will. Good. Oh, were you talking to me or the audience? Both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Final, last but not least. They've been mm-hmm. mentioned quite a lot through this podcast, but you got to give it to them. They are certainly the most <laughs> important. What? You and I were talking about this. Why isn't this accent still a thing? I don't when know. When did this accent die out and why did it get replaced with the modern American accent? That's why I brought it back. It's, it, like, I don't actually think anyone actually talked like this, but like the news host. Oh, yeah. Back in decade on two, we have the United States coming in. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. United States. We're going to talk about them last. Last but not least, because of the drama that continues to emulate from the most powerful, important country in the world. Mm-hmm. For now. <laughs> For now, as we just mentioned. Oh, that was a good mm-hmm. transition with mm. Brazil in the middle. If only we had considered it an actual transition. <laughs> Inadvertent transition. Yeah. Beer. Trump will continue to be Trump. That is my 100% prediction. This, this is the one thing you're actually willing to like, like put Double your hand on. on. He yeah. will, like, if there could be a bet on Paddy Power, will Trump continue to be a dickhead who tweets whatever he feels like and does terrible politics and governs like a fucking giant petulant child? Mm-hmm. Then I would put money on that. Mm-hmm. And be guaranteed to win a lot. I don't think, I don't think the odds on that would be. No, <laughs> that's why you can't get a bet on that. Yeah, it's one to one. He has tweeted 17 times. Um, as of since we started of, recording this show, yeah, since the new year, it was like it, when I looked at it the morning of the fourth, he had tweeted seventeen times. Um, oh God, four of them that's exhausting. Were, four of them were innocuous little bullshitty things, and the rest were incredibly annoying. Ugh, just like changing America's foreign policy in a tweet, change like talking about Pakistan, talking about Iran, talking about all sorts of crap that. He just spits out because he's sitting in his feckin' boxers watching CNN in the morning time. Just Christ, with his eating his leftover KFC from the night before. Ugh. Oh, it's just so annoying. Okay, look, put a pin on that. That's Trump. He exists. Deal put with it. Put a pin in Trump. Put a pin in Trump. And hopefully, in your Trump's voodoo doll. America has to get a budget pretty soon because, as we mentioned before, yeah, they don't have one. They don't do budgets. That's nuts. No, so, they, they're supposed to though. They, well, yeah, well, every country's supposed to do budgets. Yeah. 
They don't. So this they need to get so their, they need to get a couple of spending bills out there just so they can continue funding the federal government. Um, they need to decide how much they want to spend on the military, all these different things. So the Democrats and Republicans are going to have to come together in the next couple of weeks and do that. Uh, one of the things that Democrats are expected to use as leverage because their votes are needed for this is the uh, DACA Dreamers Act. Um, quite a substantial number of kids, uh, young people actually, they're not kids anymore. It's the Dreamers program. I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast before, I can't remember, but basically it's a program that was brought in to allow the children of illegal immigrants who were brought to America illegally to move to legitimate status themselves because the logic being that they were brought to the country when they were children, so they didn't necessarily commit a crime themselves. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. They have been raised in America you know, with their parents and they're mm-hmm. basically living as 100% Americans now and they would like to become legitimate, please. Yes. The Democrats certainly want to keep it. Um, a lot of wings of the Republicans don't want to keep it because they see it as rewarding um, illegal acts and mm. they need to make a deal on it pretty soon or else the status of about 800,000 people is going to be thrown up. Fuck, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean... You lived in America for quite a while. You came across people of different diverse backgrounds. There's a good chance that you came across a couple of people that are included in these brackets. Oh, oh, I know. I know for definite that I have. There you go. You see? Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. Um, so hopefully they actually manage to come together on a deal and it doesn't just become political infighting because it, it, it will affect people like yeah. 100% really. The most important thing going on in America next year is the wall. Uh, not the wall. <laughs> the midterms. <laughs> what? I had written the wall because I wanted to talk about the wall, but I don't want to talk about the wall anymore. I'm tired no, let's not talk about the wall. Midterms. Let's talk about the midterms. Midterm elections in November of 2018. Every two years, every single congressperson in the United States has to restand for election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring it back that voice again, Richie. I know you like it. <laughs> I love it. The party of the president never does well when they have to stand in the midterm elections. Is that just because people are trying, like, it's just a balancing thing? Like, it's, people are dissatisfied and then they try to use I was thinking vote. about this. So, it's it's like, nobody likes politicians that are in power, number one. So, it's always difficult for you to stand like that, like, to, to, to convince people to vote for the policies you're bringing in. But not only that, okay, whenever a new president campaigns, they're promising the moon and the stars to everybody. When they get into government, they find out very quickly that it is incredibly difficult to deliver on those things. Mm-hmm. So, the bubble that you had built up around yourself as being a superhero that was going to come in and save America gets burst really quickly when you're confronted with the the day-to-day reality of trying to govern the country. Mm -hmm. And then after two years, people are like, this guy lied to us. And they vote against you and your party. Right. Yeah. They vote against your party to punish you, basically. Right. Yeah. So Congressman um, Dickie Bo from... Western Alabama, he may get punished pretty severely because people are pissed off with Trump and how it has been going. Mm. The problem with Trump is that he is not a normal president. So the normal rules do not so, apply. So, we, so the people uh, have no idea which way this is going to swing. The assumption is, is that the Republicans are going to get punished. Right. But it's not a guarantee by any means. Right. And not only that, but the Democrats have got so much ground to get to, to take back. I think they're nearly 30 odd seats behind. It is really difficult to grab that many seats in one election, but yeah. they're really hoping to grab a few anyway. Uh, the Senate is also up. Uh, as we mentioned before in our episode on the House of Representatives, um, the Senate is divided into three classes, um, 33 senators. I think one of them must have 34 because there's 100 in total, have to stand for re-election um, every six years. So mm-hmm. this year... There are 23 Democrats, eight Republicans and two independents who are essentially Democrats are standing for re-election. And just through those numbers, you can see that even though you would expect the the incumbent party to get hurt, 
there are just so many Democrats in the, on the defense that it's going to be difficult for them to make any real gains. Right. There are a couple of seats that it is possible. So Senator Jeff Flake, he's a Republican in Arizona, a very big uh, Trump um, detractor, is standing down. And that is actually content, potentially in play. Now. Sorry, he's voluntarily standing down. He's voluntarily standing down. He's just he just doesn't he doesn't want to be in power anymore. He's, he's just who, dusting off his hands right now. Pretty much. There's a couple of there's another dude called Bob Corker. Um, can't remember his state, but he's he's stepping down as well. Um, mm-hmm. there is a dude in Utah. He's standing down. He's a longtime Republican. He is also a Trump supporter, but he's standing down because he's just too damn old now to continue going. He he is not like our president. He is old and he is tired and he doesn't want to be in politics anymore. So he's retiring. As mm-hmm. is his as is his want, and uh, the thing about that though is that he could get replaced by Mitt Romney, really, who is a famous Trump opponent. Um, yeah, he may even stand as an independent to try and um, give the middle finger to the Republican Party that much. Wow. Yeah, um, he's pretty much like if he stands, uh, he's got a really good chance of getting elected in Utah. He is he's super he's super famous and powerful there because he is. The, probably the most prominent Mormon politician mm-hmm. and he's done quite a lot like he organised the Winter, Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City he's oh really I, th- I think Utah has been his base for quite a long time even though he was the governor of Massachusetts yeah. Utah is kind of seen as his state right so if he stands that'll be really interesting so you would have like um, an unknown in the Senate you, you're not Ooh. like because at the moment it's it's like f- it's 51-49 uh, Republican to Democrat and it's really difficult to get anything passed even now mm. because even if two Republicans say we don't want to vote the, 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 with the rest of our buddies the, the law can't get passed if right. this guy comes in and takes a, a, a steady Republican seat then it gets even harder right so it's going to be interesting um, for once <laughs> <laughs> this is an election I'm actually looking forward to really? yeah I think so well, we'll see it's the end of the year so we'll see I, yeah, I might get tired of it by then because yeah. I mean we're already talking about it with excitement in January so I've got to <laughs> i got to keep that running for 11 months yeah you're not going to do that uh, I'll give a shout out to a particular link that I'm going to stick out there um, Wikipedia actually has one of the easiest to look at um, breakdown of who's standing and not only that they give you like um, different different colours of red and blue depending on Ooh, how like how colors. solid someone's seat is ah. which makes it pretty easy to see just how much of a swing here or there and the other that could be nice uh, so yeah that, I appreciate that, that as, a, as a buffoon <laughs> I appreciate that so Richie that's what's going to happen in 2018 as well as that's all the it. other stuff that I had to cut out because a lot of stuff is going to happen in a lot of places yeah it's a, it's a lot of days 365 if I oh wait is it a leap year it's not a leap year it's not a leap year 365 days there's a lot of stuff to happen mm-hmm. wait is it a leap year I don't know. I'm going to try <laughs> remember in my head. Here. If you're typing, that's just me. 2020, oh, we're fine. Oh, we're fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know why ever fine. It's not that it posed some sort of threat to us. Sorry, I got distracted. Yeah, 2018. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's it. Um, I didn't mention <laughs> there's a presidential election in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country of Yemen, unfortunately, is still getting racked by terrible civil war. And all that other stuff and all those other places. And all those other things and all the other places. Yeah. So Look, if you, it's it's so hard to try and boil down an entire year. Into, for the entire world. For the entire world, based mostly on speculation into one episode. You know, stick with us for over the course of the year and we'll we'll hopefully try to get to as much of this stuff as we can. If you are from one of the countries that I snubbed or you have a particular interest in one of the issues that I snubbed, please feel free to go onto our website, record a little mm-hmm. voicemail and we will be sure to include it in the next episode. 
if it is good yeah, and that, interesting that would enough. be great the more the more diverse voices we can get the better you know we're just two white cisgender dudes and if we can get other people's opinions from other places we'll, we'll definitely put them in the show yes we'd appreciate it so cool that it that us that's us what has yeah. been keeping you sane over this christmas festive period oh would you believe steve it's kp3 <laughs> you're kidding me you're gonna pick no, that. I just watched it that oh, no, I just watched it that one time with you. Uh, I'm tempted to make it my thing, considering how much Go I talked it. It's a re- it's a very good movie. Okay, something excellent for it's people got that it. forgot forget about the thing we were talking about 80 minutes ago. It's Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> yeah, it's Kung Fu Panda 3. It's got excellent animation, excellent kung fu action scenes, wonderful art direction, very funny. Such so beautiful. So it's like so beautiful. Visually, it's you could very... watch it. You could watch it with the sound off and just go, "Wow!" And actually, because I was so hungover, I was drifting in and out of consciousness. Yeah, for a lot of it, and it was still held up. We were so... looking at your cute little face as you had little "I'm dying" naps. Were you? That's weird. Well, like Patricia would go, "Hey, Richie's asleep," and I was like, oh, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so nah. I'm gonna. My thing is the good place. I started watching that on Netflix. It's uh, very good. Uh, you mother flipper! I was just going to fix the good place. <laughs> I bet you do it. But so it's my okay. thing. I've got two things this week, and you have none. No, so. I got one. I got one. I had a backup. I had a backup because I was kind of suspecting uh, that you would because one of our good friends was very strongly recommending it. Um, my one is the Expanse, also a Netflix show. <laughs> And I would okay. It's it's Game of Thrones in space. It's the easiest way to describe it. Cool, sold. It is lots of lots of lots of politics between different factions and lots of cool mm-hmm. sci-fi. It, the production value for the budget that they have is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is is that Nudity. I really like it. I don't want it to get oh. cancelled. So please go out there and listen to it. Sweet. Okay, that's us. All the usual stuff. What on politics on Twitter, what on politics on Gmail. Thank you, Supermarket Love, for the theme music. I'm go- actually that fuck it, that's my New Year's resolution. I'm gonna make sure to thank him more often. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something smart. No. <laughs> that's not how this Fantastic. works. No, that's not, that's not how any of this works. Yeah.